Hey there, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed, and it's Wednesday, February 19th at 9.02, so welcome. So let's get started. First things first, I got me a motherfucking Yeti. Remember I told y'all a couple of weeks ago how I had the non, I chose the other kind, the smaller one, similar, but it didn't work very well, so I got me a Yeti. As a matter of fact, I got two. So, um, Faceless Love was here, and that was probably one of the first things he did when he got here, when we went to the store, is he picked two colors, one purple I mentioned, and then another one. And I said, oh, you're getting another one? He was like, no, I'm getting it for you. We don't want there to be any issues, so. He ran me my fucking Yeti. So anyway, it's cool, it's sleek, and it's spill-proof. So that's my first cheer of joy. Mm. And inside of my Yeti, I have Heaven's Door Small Batch Whiskey. So you guys know I've been on a tequila run for several weeks, and uh, we had some whiskey this weekend, and this was left over. And since I didn't feel like stopping at the liquor store today, I'm drinking a small batch whiskey tonight called Heaven's Door. And I'm just drinking it with ice. So it's pretty smooth, no issues. I, you know, I've had some of the whiskeys before. So that's my, uh, that's what I'm celebrating my cheers of joy with tonight. So first cheer of joy was one, two Yetis. All right. I don't know what you guys are celebrating tonight, but I hope it's something good. Leave me a comment with what you're drinking and what you're celebrating. And thank you very much for joining me. So my second cheer of joy is um, I've had some neat stuff happen this week. So, um, oh, Pandora, my podcast, Joy Exposed, has been picked up by Pandora. Whoa! So, you know, I'm really excited about that. So now you can listen to every single episode on Pandora. And I was pretty, pretty, pretty um, excited about that. And it's so funny how I found out I was, we were watching something on TV. Maybe um, Snoop Dogg has a podcast. So maybe we were watching Snoop Dogg's podcast. I can't remember the GGN network. But anyway, somebody mentioned Pandora. And I just picked up my phone, pulled up Pandora and typed in Joy Exposed. And then my podcast came up. So we are officially on Pandora. So celebration number one was the New Yetis. And then celebration two, we're on Pandora. Ah, that's a big deal. So I'm so thrilled about that. And I've been I think I'm excited about Pandora because I've been listening to Pandora for so long. That's my go-to music when I travel. I can always get Pandora and listen. So I've always supported them. And now that I get to actually have my podcast on there just makes me really excited. So thank you. That's the second cheer of joy. Stephanie's celebrating with some soda water tonight. I got some of that too, Stephanie. I got some soda water too. So that's pretty good, right? So as long as you're celebrating with something that makes you feel good and you're happy to have it. So my third cheer of joy is, so the Yeti, Pandora. Um, I, I don't know if this is a cheer of joy because we talked about it kind of last week, but I officially have two books ready to purchase on Audible. So that's 
More Virtues of Joy, which is my second book in the series, and then the little spinoff, um, The Weekend of Traveling Roses. So those are both, they have been approved by Audible. They are for sale on Audible. I'm really excited about that. So the other two are coming shortly, and I'll have some coupon codes to go along with that. So maybe my third cheer of joy is, yeah, let's go with that, Audible. We'll do Audible, yeah. So the books are available on Audible. So that's my third cheer of joy, and cheers to that with my Heaven's Door uh, single barrel whiskey. Yum, yum. So... I really get excited when I'm thinking about my three cheers of joy all week. And if you guys ever think of it during the week, it'll make you stop and kind of say, well, what am I celebrating this week? What are three things that I'm grateful for that I'm happy happened for me? So what are those three things? So it definitely makes you put some perspective on your existence, right? Just to make you look at every single situation that you go in, you look at it and you realize I can celebrate this. So that it, that makes me feel really good when I can look at my week that way, even though sometimes my week just really fucks me up. Like, it's only Tuesday, and I'm like, really? and I'm sorry, that's me. To go along with that. so it's maybe only my Tuesday, third so I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to finish my, I mean, it's Wednesday, isn't it? I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to finish my week at work, and it's Wednesday. That lets you know that some days my weeks can, my days can go bad quick. So, you know, I got Thursday, I'll hang in there for Friday, and then I'll be back to the weekend again. I think we go over another week, and then we're out for a couple of days. So, you know, it's just, it's getting harder to do, to go in, um, to work, and I don't really like being in that position. But whatever, we're not talking about that tonight, only celebrations, right? So none of the yucky stuff, just celebrations. So my three cheers of joy was brought to you by Heaven's Door Single Barrel Whiskey, I celebrated first was my new Yeti. That means Stephanie's specialties is looking, watching. I'm going to send you the other one, and I want you to jazz it up for me. So if you can do that, I'm going to send it to you, and you can jazz it up, and I can use it for um, promo. So I'll definitely do that. And um, then I'm celebrating, uh, was it Audible? It wasn't Audible yet. No, it's Pandora. Joy Exposed is available on Pandora. So if you listen to Pandora or you listen to podcasts, definitely look listen to Pandora. I'm really excited. So that, um, that means not only Pandora, you got Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, and... A couple of other um, RSS uh, feeds have picked it up too. So it's available on a couple of other platforms and I've kind of found just by going and Googling and looking for it. So it's definitely putting out some numbers and um, I'm excited about that. And then the third cheer of joy was the Audible. So I was thinking if I was going to celebrate that or not, but I'm glad, I'm glad that I did because it made me realize that I didn't do any publicity on it and I've already sold a copy of one of the the More Virtues of Joy uh, audiobook. So, and I didn't put out anything on that. So I'm excited that it happened to sell um, organic sale, right? That means somebody saw it, picked it up, and um, uh, I'm excited about that. And oh, Taraji is uh, sipping on some Moscato tonight. So hey, girl. So yeah, lots of celebrations happening tonight. So those are my three cheers of joy. So cheers to all of you. Don't forget, if you're in Atlanta, 
Here's my event, March. I'm so horrible. March 28th. Here's my event. I can't even hold this straight. Oh, I'm holding it for the computer, not for the camera. My bad. So March 28th, I'm in Atlanta at Maduro Cigars. Um, from 5 to 8, I'm reading from my book, The Virtues of Joy. That's going to be really fun, very sexy. I'm getting a lot of response. I've already sold more than half of the tickets. So um, even the there's some free tickets and then there are some paid tickets and I've already sold more than half, um, of, you know, with a combination of both. So I'm really excited about that. I hope to get a good response. Some of the people that I've interviewed that I interviewed early on in the show are going to be there and um, that I've reached out to and they said they're going to try to come. So and then some new people, you know, and that's always good. New people because people usually don't know what to expect when I do a reading and they don't understand just the yumminess associated with the words and how the atmosphere and just the energy in the place just amps it up like times 10. So it's a really sexy moment. It's not sexy like, um, I don't know if seductive is the right word. It's just sexy. It just makes you feel good. It makes you feel warm and like you're taking some goodness away with you. And then, of course, the discussion is always good after. Whenever you can talk openly, honestly, about um, your inhibitions or lack of them or your own sexuality or ask questions or whatever, that always adds to it's just such a great adult conversation, which I'm thinking about. I did an audio from a reading more than a year ago, and I still have just the audio, and I don't really know how to use it but maybe just clips of it because you could hear people in their comments about the conversation at hand. And that's just really neat because you never know. So many people have questions about themselves and so many people have questions about their sexuality. And then just to be in a place and listen to someone being so, seems to be so honest and open about who they are and their experiences, it makes you want to share. It makes people want to share. So that's that's going to be pretty good. I think we'll probably have about 50, 60 people. And um, today I had to send the get the posters out so that they can get those up and do some promo locally because, you know, my only connection to the Maduro Atlanta is the person who's putting the event together and then just using Facebook. And so they're going to put some flyers and stuff up around the stores around and, you know, we'll see what happens with that. So that's March 28th. Looking very forward to that. On March 27th, that Friday, I'm going to, uh, it's called Pan Pancake and Booze. I'm going as a patron. One of my Facebook friends is an artist and she's going to have some art on display on that Friday night. So I'm going to go by and get to see some of her artwork and support her. I didn't even know she was an artist. I mean, she's a very creative, beautiful woman. And uh, now I feel she's got some art out. So I'm going to get to hang out with her a little bit. And that's going to be a little fun, you know, a lot of fun to get to see that artwork, to see her artwork there. So, um, so that's all coming up towards the end of the month. We're wrapping this thing up. Um, oh, I'll talk about that other in a minute. So let's look at some Facebook posts of the week. What were we talking about on Facebook? And people are crazy. Oh, you know what? I tried. We'll, talk, we'll do this first, and then we'll talk about that. Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Oh. Okay. So, you know, Valentine's Day just passed, so I got a couple of good... Uh, Valentine's post I gotta share I was 
dying probably um, Saturday Saturday morning or Sunday morning after Valentine's Day was in the bed laughing my ass off. So it's a one one from Breon Batman Rumpf. Breon Batman Ethan Rumpf, right? So Rumpf must be the last name. Y'all are a little too depressed about Valentine's Day. Remember, real ass bitch, give a fuck about a nigga. <laughs> Remember that song was so popping over the summer and women weren't doing nothing with no men. Be like, fuck you, I'm doing me. Hot girl summer, hot girl summer. So his little post talk about y'all a little too depressed. Make sure y'all remember when it started. So I thought that was kind of cute, you know, kind of made me giggle. Um, and that was from Breon Rumpf. So another one from Shantae. Now I've used her stuff before. She always has great posts. Shantae said, uh, niggas be lame as fuck. I remember I was dating this one back in the day who was like, I don't celebrate. Wait a minute. I don't celebrate that fake love shit. Besides, I make every day like Valentine's, don't I, babe? Me, uh, hell no, more like Halloween. And here you go with another trick, no treats. Fuck how you feel. It'll cost you a few dollars and a couple of minutes to acknowledge the fake love just for her to smile. Niggas rather go against the grain to prove no point or they hurt the, and hurt their girl's feelings. Because if y'all because if y'all hunching and you don't get her something, she talking shit with her bestie and the bestie already scouting your replacement. And your ugly ass don't celebrate Easter either, but was at Big Mama House collecting plates. <laughs> so I think Valentine's Day must be a struggle for a lot of people. Like, I was reading these posts dying. Because I think, you know, a lot of this stuff is for the young people. That's what I have to realize. You know, like, the game is for the young people. When you get older, you realize I'm not playing those fucking games. You know, I'm cool by myself. I'm cool with somebody or I'm cooler by myself. It don't even fucking matter. But the young people be trying to stake their claim and understand where they are and make sure they have some understanding about what the relationship is. And I think when you, when, as an older woman, when you get older, you're more inclined to be like, whatever, and just kind of keep it moving. But there's a lot of energy and effort goes into the Valentine's. So... This is my last Facebook post of the week. This one I saw today. It's by Allison Christie Johnson. It <laughs> some people come into your life and they need to stop doing that. <laughs> Back the truck up. Stop fucking coming into my life. Stop interrupting my peace. Stop coming to get something for me. That was hilarious to me. Some people just come in your life and they need to stop. No questions asked. Just fucking stop coming in my life. <laughs> Don't you wish that when somebody was coming in your life and they just had a sign on that said, I'm coming here to waste your fucking time. Wouldn't that be so much better for somebody to just have a sign on and say, I'm here to waste your fucking time. <laughs> Man, I guess we probably still let them in. To fuck with us, we still be like, come on in. I got some time to waste. I got some time to spare. So anyway, that's funny. My That's my last Facebook post of the week. So that's funny. Thank Allison Christie Johnson, Shantae Sori, Pittman, I think, and then uh, Breon Rumpf. I mean, they funny. They had the funniest little uh, post-Valentine 
comments that I saw. If you saw some, you thought they were funny, tag me in them. Let me see. Because I love on some Facebook, laughing my ass off. I do, I do, I do. All right, so let's keep going. About Valentine's Day while we're talking before I switch gears. Um, about Valentine's Day. So I hope you guys had a great Valentine's. I hope you had to spend some time with yourself or with the loved one or work, whatever you do to make you happy. I hope you got to do it. I actually, I actually worked Valentine's Day. Yeah, so I worked Valentine's Day and then we left work and we went to get some dinner. I think you guys saw, many of you may have seen, I put a post out about, are you a cheap, am I a cheap date or not? And uh, I wrote about this in my blog because I asked my faceless love if we could go to happy hour for Valentine's Day because they have some really good burgers at this place I love to go to. They had some great, always have great burgers, consistent, and it's a steakhouse. So the way they make their steak, their burgers, they take the scraps from the steak and grind them up and make burgers. So they are the absolute best burger ever. And they have them for a really good price. So I asked him if he thought I was cheap if we go. And he was like, hell no. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. <laughs> so we went to uh, we went to Malio's for dinner Friday night. And then after dinner, uh, we met my oldest daughter and her boyfriend. We went to a beer tasting at the Bay Cannon Brewery in West Tampa. And that was pretty fun. It's always weird hanging out with your kids. Not because you don't want to, because they're so fucking temperamental. Like, they want to argue about something that happened two days ago. They want to have an attitude. And I'm too, I think I'm too old for that. I just be trying to chill. So my daughter wasn't necessarily happy. And she was probably tired because she's worked. So she's been working a lot. So, you know, they were a little uncomfortable because they just were, they're lovers and they're passionate, you know, and young, passionate people are fucking passionate. It doesn't matter whether they're loving each other or hating each other. They're just so fucking passionate. They have this crazy ass energy. And so they had it and it was out there and you could feel it. So they were, uh, they were with us. So we met and we went to a brewery for a tasting. And then after we left the brewery, they left the brewery and went back home. And then we went over to the cigar bar. So I'm going to tell you, I had the absolute pleasure of being in the cigar me and three men. So that's me, Faceless Love, and two other men, my cigar buddies that were there. And we all just sat in there chilling. And it was a lean night. And they said it was because of Valentine's Day. But I expected everybody to be there because it was Valentine's Day. But I guess that's the time that people, whatever your crew is, you go do what you're going to do with your lovers or you know, however you spend that evening. So it was the four of us there. And we just had a great opportunity to talk. And I'm going to spend a little time on this. We had a great opportunity to talk. We talked about everything. I mean, we talked about Tyler Perry. He, Tyler Perry always comes up. We talked about golf. That always comes up. There's a big golf tournament at the end of April, and I'm going to do some stuff. My company is going to do some giveaways. We did last year. We're going to do it again this year. So we talked about that. We talked about spending the Valentines, how we were spending it, the guys alone, and, um, you know, and just kind of hanging out. And then, you know, me and Faceless Love was there and we had our drinks and we had our cigars and we talked. And so at some point we started talking about business maybe and work ethic. 
Um, I think that was that. I think that's how the conversation got started. We started talking about business, and these are all very successful men. Like there, there no, there's not a scrub in the bunch. Well, there wasn't really a scrub in the bunch. There was a young one who had come over who was there before we got there, who was coming asking the proprietor of the cigar shop about cigars. So he was there. And that's another kind of piece that I want to share. And then he ended up leaving, going to a party down the street. Anyway, so me and the guys are sitting in there talking. And you know, I think I'm kind of, I'm very inquisitive. And people who know me and been around me, they already kind of go with the fact that Joycelyn's probably going to be asking some questions. <laughs> They probably be like this bitch nosy. All she want to do is ask questions, <laughs> but what? Nobody ever says that, you know. They just kind of go with it, and the men are usually more open to it than the women for whatever reason. So we're talking about their jobs, and they talk about managing people and moving. What it's like to move up in a predominantly white-dominated field, and being the only white engineer or the only white architecture or the only white this you know so we're they're talking they're talking about their own struggles as men in these situations and how they've kind of overcome them right and so you know just listening to the conversation because i've always i as a female have always been a part of something there's always usually another one more black person somewhere somewhere like somewhere there's another one so i haven't really been like the only one right i haven't worked in that atmosphere i've gone in and maybe been one and then there's another one that comes so and then they're men so their struggle is different so as we're sitting there talking i just stopped and asked them i just turned to the guy sitting next to me and i'm not going to say their names because i don't know that they want me to share that but i just turned to the guy next to me and i said uh let me ask you something and he's like yeah what's up and so it's me, so it's me, I'm sitting, faceless love is, okay, no, it's not, no, it's me, it's the owner of the bar in front of me, it's faceless love to my left, catty corner to my left, and then to my right to my left is this other guy, and I turned to him and said, let me ask you something, he was like, what's up? I said, when you look back over your life, what is the one thing you miss about your life? Like, what is the one thing you miss and how could you get it back? So he sat in thought and you can see the other faceless love kind of went into thought, the owner of the cigar bar, he went into thought. So they're all just thinking about it. And men do that. Men have to literally walk out the compartment, close the door, walk in another one. They don't just go like me, like women. They have to literally leave a space of thinking and walk into another in their mind. I think that's how they have to see that. And I'm learning. So I'm, I probably wouldn't have been this understanding a few years ago. So he sat there and he's thinking, he said, you know what? He said, I really hate that I don't draw as much as I used to draw. And I'm like, you don't draw? Like draw what? He's like anything, just freehand drawing. He's an architect freehand drawing and he's just talking about it and while he's talking about it he's doing his hands and so you can see him like in his mind drawing right talking about stuff he used to draw and you know and I'm like well what happened why did you stop drawing and and he went on talking about how his responsibilities increased at work and managing other people how he had less time to invest in that part of him and I was like okay so then I went on Faceless Love and I was like, well, what about you? What's a part of your youth or growing up that you miss? And 
and uh, that you don't have access to anymore. And then he talked about how he missed the creativity. He missed being in the muck with the employees making the shit work. He missed going down in the manholes and putting the shit together and checking out the schematics. He missed being in the muck. He's like, I miss that. I don't really get to do it anymore because there's so many pieces moving. I got to manage all of them and hire and train employees to make sure they can get it done. So he kind of goes into his own thing. And so he goes and gives an explanation. And I went to the third guy and he was like, travel. He's like, I don't travel nearly as much as I used to, as much as I want to. And I want to see the pyramids and I want to. So he goes on his own thing. And so I just, just sitting there ebbing and flowing into this yummy conversation with these beautiful men. And I'm like, oh man, this is cool as hell. Right. And so I thought about it. At some point, I just continued to kind of guide the conversation for information. Well, the young guy who was there earlier who had left came back and came back with two other people. And they, you could tell when they came in, their energy was off. So they had probably got drunk down there about to fight at a party or whatever. But they came in and they were talking loud. So the young guy came in and sat immediately to the left of the guy next to me. So I figured looking at him, he's looking for a safe space. Now, I'm telling you guys, because I've said this before, I think all the time. Like, I can feel energy change. I can feel people change. I know what people are seeking. It's just a gift. It's a part of who I am. I don't even know where it came from. And I'm not even, I don't even know if I've accepted it completely that it's who I am. But it only happened when I got to be more aware of who I was, not when I was lost in everybody else's shit, my own. So the young guy comes in, he sit right next to the guy and it's the whole place is open. Remember, it's me and three men. So the whole place is open. He came and sat right next to him and it was a young guy and the other people came and they're talking to him and they were like, ah, it started kind of arguing. And the owner was like, hey, we'll do that in here. Y'all gonna need to step outside. But the guy who sat right next to, right across from me, or neck, almost next to me, he wouldn't leave. He just, he wouldn't leave. He was like, I'm not going back over there. I didn't come here for this, you know. So he's very adamant about not leaving. Finally, the woman left, then the other guy left. And he sat there and went to sleep. And I thought, what a neat space to come into a strange place looking for information and find it your refuge, a safe place to be. And you guys know with young people shit, somebody get caught up in an argument nowadays, they ready to pull a gun. Like anything could have happened, you know, anything could happen. So he sat there, he went to sleep. And so the men and I kept talking and then we're talking about random stuff and we're talking about my ideas and things that I want to do and plans for tomorrow and blah, blah, blah. We go in and we talk about all of this stuff. And as I left there, we left there and, you know, we're a little tipsy because we've been drinking and smoking cigars, which is not uncommon. And we got an Uber. We do get an Uber, you know, so we're responsible in that. And I started talking to Faceless Love about it. So I don't really know if we talked Valentine's night about it, but definitely Saturday morning. And I said, you know, I said, I sat there with you guys and talked for a couple of hours. And he's like, yeah. I said, you know what's so cool about it? And he was like, what? I said, we sat there and talked and not one time did either one of you mention a woman as your demise or your downfall in what you've missing out of your life. He sat there and thought about it. I said, now, 
if that conversation had been with me and three women, they would have found a way to talk about any man that's ever made a significant contribution in their life. A woman would have not been able to talk um, from that perspective of losing part of who she is in relation to her growth as a manager, like kind of abstract maybe. A woman wouldn't be able to do that. We have a tendency to talk about the way that people impacted us and the things that happened to us because of the way they impacted us. And he said, oh, you know, I didn't think about that. And I said, yeah, you didn't mention, and I mentioned his ex-wife, and the guy to my left didn't mention, and owner didn't mention. I said, neither one of you mentioned a woman about it, a woman doing something and taking away that opportunity for you guys. You mentioned in, re in relation to your growth, and I think that's really neat. So I told him, I said, I think that I'm going to go back, and I've kind of done this a little bit with my ex-husband, because I would always, why didn't you such and such? Well, my ex-husband, you know, he would be, I would give him that much power in my life of why I didn't move a particular way. But then I sit up and I talk to these men who are very powerful on their own right, and mention nobody else, no one in a reason why they can't or they don't do something. It's like they completely has take they have completely taken responsibility for who they are and the movements that they make, and they understand that they're not able to contribute in that creative space anymore because of right. I thought that was really neat, and I just that made me want to spend some time really talking to men and trying to see where their thoughts are, you know, what their ideas are and what they see. So it's like, do men, and I, it's weird because you almost have to think that one thing doesn't have to do with the other. And maybe that goes with the compartments because with women, all of our compartments are connected. I, we have a compartment and all our bullshit is dumped inside of the compartment where men have little compartments. I think last week or the week before, as Sonia said, men are waffles and women are spaghetti. All our shit is everywhere. And for men, they put everything in these little bitty compartments. That's where they hold their information. So I wonder if that's, uh, um, I wonder if that's the thing with men that they're able to keep that stuff separate and not place blame on anybody. And I'm, I'm asking this question, you guys can respond or send me a message or whatever. When you think of things that are different or that you don't access in your life anymore, do you blame anybody or have you accepted responsibility for general, for really what it is? Like, have you accepted your role in that process of things being different in your life and not blaming them on someone, someone else? I may have to pose that a question, especially to ladies too, because I, I know as a woman, we get together and our role is our goal is to get together and talk about girlfriend stuff and we gonna empower each other and we gonna and next thing you know we talk about men. So does that mean that's our goal? Our goal is men? Like is that our ultimate goal? Like we don't do women see a goal of exi existing beyond the relationship of a man? Like do we see that? Do we see our goal as being whatever our purpose is? Because I'm sure our purpose isn't necessarily connected to a man. Our purpose is our purpose, right? So there could be or could be not a man. You know, I don't know. But do we see that? Are we able to think that 
the steps we make and the choices we make are independent of what a man can and will do in our life. So I really enjoyed that conversation with those guys. And I really, oh my gosh, Sonia, I just talked about you. I was talking about the spaghetti and the um, waffles. I just talked about that a second ago. So I really just wonder if when, if men, if I know all men don't, but I guess the age range of men who have decided that the choices and decisions they've made in life have taken away from things they used to do. And they're, they're owning their choices, but they're not blaming anybody else for them. And I think I'd like to be able to do that. I think I'd like to be able to say, this is what I chose and this is the result without harping on the fact of what my ex-husband did or didn't do and whoever I dated did or didn't do. Like, I want to do it. I want to see myself as my own entity and accept responsibility for my steps. I want to believe in my steps so much that there isn't really anybody powerful enough or more significant than me to alter my steps or to make me give them credit for turning my life in a direction. I'm really going to have to spend some time talking about that or thinking about that because you got, if I could have had a tape recorder and recording those men and they look so nostalgic, like they look like they had gone into a place in their mind, like, Oh man, I used to draw, I would draw everything and I would do graffiti and I would, and they were in such a, loving space inside of themselves and it didn't turn to anything of sorrow or pain or they weren't disheartened like it was just good conversation and I like that like it was really good like it was that made my valentine's night like really special to be able to say like holy crap I was just here to sharing this experience with these three men and they spoke so openly and then not to mention the little young fella came in there all worked up and they were able to provide some guidance and a safe space for this fellow. And I thought I'm in the presence of men. And, you know, and I was like, this is what I see. And this is what I think when I think of what a man is like a man is great. He's not coming for a babysitter. He's not coming for me to mommy him. He's not making excuses. He's not blah, blah, blah. That's not, I never see. I don't, when I see men, I don't see that part. I know they're out there and they're growing. I know that. But when I think of men being great, I think of men being great. And that's what I had the company, the, pre the pleasure of being in their company on Friday night. So that was really cool. And Faces Love No, I talked about it a couple times. And then, so I'm going to have to re revisit that with them or even with other men. But I thought that was interesting conversation. And then, so that was Friday night. So Valentine's, that was really cool. And then Saturday morning, we got up and we woke up at like, eight o'clock talking, laughing, whatever, and then went back to sleep. And then we woke up late because we had to go to Bourbon Festival. So it's like, oh my God, get up. We're going to be late. So we're scrambling around trying to get ready. And we made it to the Bourbon Festival. So there's a beer and it's going to be in Atlanta in like two weeks. There's a beer barbecue bourbon festival and it travels the U.S. and it'll be in Atlanta in a couple weeks. And it's fun. They have so many yummy bourbons, so much good barbecue, amazing food, yum, yum, yum. So we went to that on Saturday. That was really cool. And um, 
we sat out there for maybe three or four hours and just eating, drinking, smoking cigars, like just doing what we do. Cause we go hard. Like faceless love comes to town. He wears my ass out cause he goes, he can party. Like I'm like, your ass is old and you still party so hard. Like he be like, come on, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I'll be like, I think I'm sleepy, I'm tired. He's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. So he wear my ass out. So Saturday we left the Bourbon Festival and we went, where did we go? We sat out and smoked. Oh, we went walking, we walked, right? So that was it, we walked around for probably about a mile. And then we caught the trolley, went to Ybor. Oh yeah, yeah, went to Ybor City. See, this is all, this is two days, all the shit we've done in two days. So went to Ybor City, we hung out there for a bit. And so then I remembered that Reggie Kimball, he is the owner of the Stickman blog. He told me he was gonna be in Tampa that weekend. So I shot him a text message and was like, yo, where you at? He was like, oh, I'm at my mom's. I'm gonna, me and my brother are gonna go to that cigar shop I was telling you about, which happened to be my cigar shop, right? He didn't realize it was the same place. So we went, met them there. And then I sat and had, Another conversation with some amazing men, but there were women in this one too. So this was kind of funny. We sat there, we talked, and my <laughs> so the conversation for me, for other people, is always, are you okay with a woman asking a man to marry him, right? Like, do women ask men to marry? So we had a whole conversation about it. The funny thing is that the men... And one of the women were like, yeah, that's fine. If you want to marry him, ask him. But I was like, y'all know I've talked about this before. Like, doesn't that take away the role of the man? Like, if I'm proposing, does that mean I got us? That now I'm in the role, I'm in the masculine role. So <laughs> so we had a whole conversation about who's supposed to propose. And one of the guys was like, oh, so you're traditional in the sense that you want a man to propose to you, but not in the other ways. And I was like, I'm traditional, period. Like, hit me over the head with a damn club and carry me off to the cave. I'm traditional. I'm My man is, that's how I see men. My man will take care of me. Not that I won't contribute or do my thing. He'll take care of me. He sees me as an extension of himself. The way that he takes care of himself, he'll take care of me. That doesn't require any argument or discussion. This is something he automatically does. Automatic. That's just what it is. That's what I think a man's supposed to do. Now, many men don't do that. I haven't yet have had not found that or it had not found me until. Now, that's my thought and I can argue it any kind of way you want to argue it. But the thing is, when, oh gosh, that's for me, that's the thing. Men see the woman and they're going to take care of the woman like they take care of themselves. He eat, I eat. He gets he washes car my car get washed i don't have to ask for none of this he's gonna do it all like he's doing his himself i'm i just happen to be the one that shrouded in all this good yumminess and he gets to be shrouded in all the yumminess for me so we're gonna take such good care of each other ain't no issues and who getting taken care of because as long as i take care of him the way that i take care of myself and as i'm aware that he exists and he does the same we're gonna be fine well what and the, so the men are like, well, yeah, if the woman want to ask, they can ask. And so, you know, I still have to start asking questions because that's what I do. And I'm like, well, 
how many women have you dated? And they're, you know, men are like, blah, 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 blah. And they would never want to say how many women they dated. How many women have you dated? And they're like, oh, I don't know, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, well, of those women that you've dated, how many have you proposed to? And they're like, none. Well, how many of those women would have proposed to you? Mm, three or four, maybe five. Well, if you're okay with them proposing to you, why didn't you propose to them? Like, if you know that you'll marry them, why didn't you propose to them? You know what the asshole said? Now, they was, this is the, uh, this is how men think. Oh, well, just because she asked, I ain't got to say yeah. What? (laughs) I'm like, but it's expected that you're going to say yes. And you're saying it's okay that they propose to you. But you don't have to say yes. What is the point? And they're like, oh, well, women can ask. That don't mean I'm going to say yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm going to marry a woman that proposed to me. But if she want to ask, she can ask. And that just goes to help you remember how men think. Because that was literally the conversation. And I was like, oh, my God. A woman isn't going to propose to you. And if a woman proposes, she expects a yes, just like a man proposes right? He expects a yes. No man is asking for just a yes or no. And they're like, well, it could go either way. And they're all, you know, but I thought that's so funny just because there's so many different personalities and so many opinions on the subject. And they say that women are taking such a leadership role in relationships. Sometimes they see a man they want to marry and they ask him. And then sometimes the man says no, (laughs) or sometimes he says yes, and they live happily ever after, which is all of that is fine. I just, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. And I think by the time you propose to somebody, especially at this age, you already know if they're going to marry you. You've already talked about marrying. You've already talked about living together, finances, being together. All of those conversations have happened. It's not like you just all of a sudden throw a question out there and see how it lands. So. That was a really interesting conversation. It was cool to hang out with Reggie and his brother. And uh, he does Stickman. The blog is out of Atlanta. And he's going to interview me for their blog. So that's going to be kind of cool. I love just kind of networking, meeting people, and connecting in those ways. So that'll be kind of fun, too. So um, that was Saturday night. And then after that, everybody left. Sunday went to the movies to see... Bad Boys 2, that was fun. And they the movie theater had an awesome, awesome-ass bar, too. We had um, some kind of smoked whiskey drink where they smoked the ice, and it was good, too. That was cool. We took pictures of the recipe on the menu so we could duplicate it. And then I had something with some um, tequila. That was really good, too. So we had a couple good drinks and we hung out at the movie theater and then we sat outside and talked and, you know, smoked our cigars and laughed. And then we went back and chilled out for the rest of the night. So the weekend was pretty cool. And I said, we go, go, go so much that by Monday I was so damn tired. I just could barely function. Like I was like, no, I'm chilling. I ain't finna do nothing. You have to bring it to me because I can't get it. I can't go to it. So uh, we had a good time. So um, anyway, that's that. So, uh, oh, and if you haven't seen, I just got the update about being uh, one of the featured authors at this book convention in Long Beach, California. I've never gone to Long Beach, and I feel like I need to reach out to Snoop Dogg 
Tell them I'm going to be there. What's up, Snoop? I'm going to be in the house. I'm going to be in the LBC. What are you going to do? Let's go hang out. You know what Snoop like to do. Maybe I can sit next to him while you do it. So this is the United California African American Book Clubs, UCAAB, and it's their 14th annual Fall into Fiction literary event. So September 26th, Long Beach. So I've been invited to be one of the guest authors there. I'm really excited. I'm really excited about going. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, this is my... Um, I did, I went to a book conference a few months after I published my first book and it just, but it was during a tornado, a hurricane. So I didn't really, there wasn't a lot of people there and I just happened to go cause so many authors canceled and I was close enough to fill in. So I did do that and that was kind of cool, but this is the first one that I've been just invited to come to. And this is because I went to Oakland, remember last year to do a reading there and they enjoyed it. The book club enjoyed it so much that they told the organizers about it and they invited me. So I'm excited because that means I get to go be with some real authors. You guys know I'm new. So I'm like, you know, I'm like the baby in the group. And uh, so I get to go be with some authors and just kind of see what they're doing. And, you know, I'll look them up and their stuff and probably get me some copies of their books. So I can get them autographed when I get there. And, you know, just to kind of make my mark on the occasion. And I'm excited about going to California. When all these things happen for me, I get shit, hella excited. Y'all don't even know. Y'all have no idea how my... I just get so thrilled because it's so much yumminess that's come out of this um, just stepping outside of myself and finding this true sense of self-expression. So that's September 26th. So if you guys know somebody in Long Beach or you're going to be in Long Beach or you're already in Long Beach, hey, go to my page. The event is there. I'd love for you to come out and say hi. I've got Stephanie, who says she's going to try to come, and I've got a, my sister-in-law says she's going to try to come, you know, so we're going to see, right? You know, what that what's Long Beach going to be about? <laughs> growth, growth, growth. All right, so that's my little plug. And then, um, oh, I, on um, Saturday, I wore this really cool, oh, my God, this is so funny. I, we, I didn't even notice this. Somebody pointed this out. I wore some camouflage kind of almost linen, like a woven cotton silk, just this fine camo pants that collect, they um, tie at the ankle. Then I have on some really cool Adidas, they're pink and black, pink with white and black. They're really cool. And then I had on a white t-shirt that said pleasure, right? So pleasure on the front, my web address on the back. STM specialty, Stephanie specialty made it for me. So that's what I wore on Saturday. You know, I had the pleasure shirt on because I'm with my boo, like I'm with my man. So I can wear that fun stuff with my man, right? So I wore that. Well, we're at the damn bourbon festival and somebody's like, oh my God, true soulmates. And talking to us, he had on some Adidas and some camouflage shorts and a white t-shirt. We were damn dressed alike at this fucking festival. I was laughing my ass off. Now, I, if somebody had asked him what he asked me what he was wearing, I probably could have told him. But to put it in reference to what I was wearing, I didn't make the connection until somebody said something about it. I got so tickled thinking, 
Oh my God, we probably look corny as hell. Our old asses walking around this damn festival dressed alike. <laughs> so I was like, baby, dressed alike. And he was like, are you dressed like me? You know, we kind of laughed about it or whatever. But it was really no big deal. But I think that just kind of goes in line when you start hanging out together. And I don't know. It just kind of, I've never, that's never happened to me before, right? So it's never, I may have said, like, well, what color are you wearing? And try to match the color or whatever. But I got dressed first and then left out. And when it did something, then he showered and got dressed and then came out. So we didn't even get dressed together. We got dressed separate. We just kind of ended up having on the same outfit and then i didn't even take a fucking picture that was really messed up so we'll see what's the chances of that happen again so i thought that was funny because the guy was saying that when he and his his wife got married they were dressed alike but he changed his shirt <laughs> he said he's tired of them dressing alike when they go places so anyway it's kind of funny but anyway so let me keep on keep it moving keep it moving i just wanted to share that that was funny that i thought about so one of the things that I like to talk about, and I talked about being a cheap date. I'm going to expand that a little bit because I also want to talk about, and we only have 10 minutes. Time just goes by so fast. Um, I wanted to talk about that in terms of like your integrity and being comfortable with who you are, right? So I asked in the my blog, I asked my faceless lover, he thought I was a cheap date because I wanted to go to a happy hour. I mean, they have $8 burgers probably seven, $8 drinks. Now it ain't like, I mean, it's not bad. The food is delicious and the prices aren't necessarily cheap. So don't get me wrong. I think I'm just throwing that out there. But because I didn't, there's so much emphasis on putting money into this occasion. Like there's such a big deal with Valentine's and spending a lot of money and all of this that I didn't want. And remember, we're kind of, well, I don't know if we're still new. We're like three years, right? So I didn't want to be like that person. Like, not that I didn't want to be that person. I didn't consider being that person. But I didn't want him to have in his mind that he's going to spend a couple hundred dollars, two, three hundred dollars. And I'm saying, let's go somewhere and spend 60. You know, like, I didn't want, you know, you don't know. So that's how I, that question came up. But that's me being true. Right. That's I would have done that on my own. And that's what they say. I said, I want to look, talk about this in relation to your integrity. Integrity is doing what you're going to do, even when nobody's watching. So I will go have a eight dollar burger by myself. You know, so it's not like I would have to do this as a special occasion. I don't have to make it or fake it. Right. So um, he was like, no, he, and he told me, he said, remember, you're expensive in other ways. You're a lot in other ways. And that made me think about it because I never think, you never think about what people are giving you of themselves, of themselves that you always think of. I think in terms of money because that's tangible. I know how much money I have. I know how much my check is going to be. I know how much I have in the bank. I know. Like, so I think in reference of money, I'm not thinking necessarily in the amount of time. Um, or ideas or attention. I can't really quantify that, right? So I talk more in line of money because I, you know, shit, when you don't have a lot, <laughs> you have to pay attention to it. And I don't have a lot. So I have to pay attention to, I pay attention to the way that I spend my money. So when I think of something, I think of money. 
Anyway, so he was like, well, you're aligned in other ways. And I kind of reflected on that because that would have been something he had to have thought about, right? He's, he is aware, he is aware of how I, how taxing I can be or am on different parts of his life that doesn't, that have nothing to do with money. Think of it now, we, I started writing when I met him because of him. So that meant every book, every word I've written, the blogs, the videos, like anything I've put together, I've gone to him for his opinion and for advice. Building my company out from just being an author to shape solutions and what does that think about? He is the person that I go to. So he's like, he's like boyfriend, business partner in essence, right? Because this is, because he told me I was great is because the reason that I do. The reason that I realized I was great is because he said I was great. Prior to him saying that my writing was great, I didn't know that my writing was great. I only wrote in my journal because of me. I didn't understand that. So I put a lot of credence in his thoughts about me and what, um, and my uh, gifts, right? So, and he's capable of seeing them. So that's amen to that. But he said, you know, with me being a lot in other ways, I had to stop and think how taxing I am on his life. And he has a job. He has a whole job. He's got kids. You know, he's got a whole life that he lives. And he still makes himself available for me. So spending money could be easy. <laughs> Buying an expensive meal would be great if he could buy that and I would shut the hell up, right? Buying the meal could be great. And then I just go on and be doing some other shit. But that's not how it works with me because I'm not only the mill is the easy part, but it's the other part, the 3 a.m.s, the 5 a.m.s, the 11 o'clock at nights, the afternoons. And those are the things that are taxing. And he has to figure out how to juggle those in, in, um, in correlation with his life, right, how he does his own thing. So I am a lot. And I, you know what? I, I know that. And when I used to date, I would tell people I'm a lot. Oh, I'm a lot. I know I'm a lot. And my friend Dawn, I'm, we talk about it all the time because, you know, she is like, me too. And I'm like, I'm a lot. And I won't ever make somebody believe that I'm not. I won't ever pretend. I've pretended before, but I won't ever pretend or act like that I'm not a lot because I'm aware of it. I can put people on notice. I'm a lot. Oh, no, you're fine. And then as soon as they start hanging out with you, they want you to kind of cut back on some of the stuff that you do because you do too much. You think too much. You move too much. You this too. They start trying to cut back and you were like, shit, I said I was alive when I showed up. Like, no, leave me the fuck alone. So I told him that when we started dating, possibly even before I started writing, I can't remember. I told him that I was a lot. And he's like, you don't worry about that. That's on me. You could be a lie all you want. That's up to, I got to figure that out. That ain't for you to do something different. I was like, oh, shit, I'm not doing anything different. So whatever. That's when I was in my hard-ass joy roll. Whatever, I ain't changing nothing, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <sighs> oh, my God, I'm so silly. Anyway, so he was like, if you being you, think of this now. If you being you and you're being true to who you are, if you're being you and it is impacting my life in a way that I can't handle it, 
That's for me to change, not for you to change. That was probably one of the most solid moments of acceptance I've ever had in my life for somebody to say, you can be all that you're going to be. If it's a problem for me, I have to make the change. Either I'm in it or I'm not. I change things about my life to make me be able to accommodate you, but you keep doing everything that you do and I'll be the one to make the judge of it's a, if it's a lot or not. I'd never had anybody accept me completely like that. I never from and think about it, when you're little, sit down, you're moving too much, you do this, you do this, you're talking too much, you did it. Somebody's always putting limits on what you're doing because it's uncomfortable for them. So they don't do something different. They want you to. So I've literally been conditioned if somebody said I was doing too much or I was fussing too much or I was thinking too much, I immediately started trying to make changes to me to appease them. This is the first time that someone has called me and my true self to say, you're fine as you are, do that shit. I got it. I'm, I'm fine. Let me make the adjustments that I need for you. And that was my first true sense of understanding integrity. Integrity is being who you are, even when no one is looking. So that meant for me that I had to be true to myself when I'm by myself and when I'm with him and when I'm with everybody else. That's probably my biggest understanding of integrity. It also helped me, this past conversation we had, helped me to see that not only is there a financial value on my life, there's a tax on everything, time, attention, ideas, my gifts, whether they're bringing out any money, bringing money in or not. If I'm, if they're my gifts to put forth in the universe, I got to put them, put that shit out there. I'm going to get what I need. I still have to put it out there. And I have to trust that I'm going to be given exactly what I need. And I have to trust that the universe is ready for me to give it. That's the true sense of being who you are and having that sense of integrity and understanding of the people around you and yourself. So we're 10 o'clock. It's Wednesday on February the um, 19th. Oh my gosh, this goes by so fast. And so much good information. I should have started talking about this earlier. So I think the takeaway from this is just be who you are. Like, I, it doesn't even matter what people around you say about you. If you are comfortable with who you are and you believe that you're walking along your path and being of your purpose, do that shit. Like, do it. Who gonna stop you? Who gonna check you, right? Who's gonna check you? I, man, it's so funny to me because I've said for the past few weeks, I need more of my Deion Sanders and less of my Antonio Brown. The funny thing is, Antonio Brown is bananas. Y'all know that. He's so much fun. He's crazy as hell. He keeps getting in all kinds of trouble. But he's just bananas. He's all over the place. That was my thought. I was bananas. But since I've said that, I have tapped into some more of my Deion Sanders. I am believing that the path I walk is the path I walk. The words that I give are words that I'm supposed to give. And there's goodness and power in me. This happens and occurs because I've surrounded myself literally by people who are okay, who are welcoming of me being who I'm going to be. 
without trying to change me. I've gotten, those people have exited my life most of the time on their own. But now when you're with people and they don't have to say, oh, you're doing a great job, keep going, da-da-da, da-da-da. They don't have to say that. They're just there consistently and loving you and being in your space and you know that you're doing a great job. That's where the rewards are. So the takeaway from this is be aware of who you are all the time when you're by yourself, when you're with people, your integrity is what guides you. Your integrity is going to take you places. If you faking and duck, ducking and dodging over here, that's who the hell you are. And it comes out in playtime, right? So, um, and put value on you and your words and your actions and your movements. And don't question it based on other people. We have to stop doing that. So we have to become stronger. So, Anyway, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed, and you guys know you can download any past episodes from Pandora, motherfuckers. <laughs> we on Pandora. I'm going to have to redo my sign. So Pandora, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and my website. Everything is on my website for sure. I think I'm missing something. Pandora, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. Oh, SoundCloud. YouTube is seven things. iHeartRadio, yes. So it's seven things. You can find it anywhere. If you go to my website, everything is on my website. My blog is on my website. It's so much fun, so much delicious information in my blog. If you're in Atlanta, don't forget, come see me, come play with me on March 28th. Woohoo, in Atlanta from five to eight. And um, if you're in Long Beach, California in September, I'm going to be in Long Beach. If you're in Las Vegas in May, May 31st, I'm going to be in Vegas. If you're in New Orleans on May 8th, I'll be in New Orleans. So my calendar is jam-packed, and I'm really thinking I have to limit my movement um, for my frivolous, not frivolous, my playtime, because I got so much work coming up. So I'll be working, 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 and you can go look at my calendar on my website as well, too. If you want to order any books, you can order them through me. You can order them from Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and give me a couple weeks. Everything will be on Audible. Mm, 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 mm. So much yummy that I'm celebrating. So it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels great. Mwah. See you guys next week. Bye.